minute. So we're going to be going to 2 Timothy 2.15. As we think about that, though, I encourage you to think about heaven, study heaven, look forward to heaven. You know, uh, a lot of Christians, we don't really think about and study heaven. It's where we're going for all eternity, but we don't act too excited about it. So I encourage you. I, I have a little pamphlet. I could get you a copy. A little pamphlet by Randy Alcorn. Uh, it comes from his book, Heaven. He wrote a very tremendous, amazing uh, book, theological book on heaven. But he summed up a lot of the, the truths about heaven in this short little 50-page booklet, which I could get you a copy of if you're interested. I could also send you um, manuscripts of the sermons I preached on heaven at one point. You know, the more I study it, the more awesome it seems. It's a physical, real place, and it's a place where we get to spend eternally, eternity with God in heaven. Uh, until then, we get to know Jesus right now. Do you realize that? You know, the Christian life is a life of being in a relationship with Jesus, of knowing Jesus now. It's not just fire insurance. It's not just a get-out-of-hell-free card. We get to live for Jesus' kingdom now. We get to live with Jesus now. You know, uh, realize that about the Christian life. Now, we know Jesus. We have a relationship with Jesus through certain spiritual activities. We call them spiritual disciplines. These are things we've been preaching on for a handful of weeks now. <clears throat> you know, disciplines of prayer. We're able to engage our Christian life through prayer. We're able to know Jesus through his word, meditating on his word, memorizing his word. Next week, we're going to talk about knowing Jesus through the community, community of Christians. You know, one thing we're not going to uh, talk about, but it's kind of implied, is we know Jesus through repentance. It's not just that, you know, when you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you, you repent of your sins once and for all. No. If, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of any sin, we need to repent. That means we, we tell God we were wrong, we repent it publicly to whoever we sinned against, whether it's a person, an individual, a group, and then we, you know, we, we keep going, we turn around, we turn from that sin and we turn around and follow Jesus. A lot of times we think of repentance for the big sins, you know, like um, sex outside of marriage and things like that. We, <clears throat> we may not think of repentance for smaller things or things that we think are smaller but may not really be smaller. You know, we can sin in our anger. We can sin in our language. We can sin in the way we talk to somebody or what we tell somebody. We can sin in gossip. We can sin in gluttony. These are sins that we need to turn from as we follow Jesus. And then we can know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. I recently read about a Bible scholar who was on a mission trip overseas. He realized, spending time with the group, he realized that the church over there was quite immoral. Quite immoral. Lying and stealing were okay, even for Christians. Even for Christians. But then he realized why they were so immoral. Most of them did not own Bibles. Most of them did not own Bibles. Even the pastor did not have access to the Bible. Now think of our situation. We have lots of Bibles, don't we? I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but, you know, I have Bibles all over the place on my phone. 
You can get all kinds of copies free on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, including audio Bibles. And I'm going to make a, a big emphasis on listening to the Bible today as well. You know, and that's great. That's an awesome resource. Bible Gateway, a free app. You can listen to the Bible, study the Bible, many different translations. Logos, which is a Bible software that I had to pay a lot of money for in college, now offers a free app with, with lots of translations. Free we got lots of stuff here. Yet, are we really engaging the scriptures? Are we really getting into the scriptures in their depth? Some person remarked that the worst dust storm in history would happen if all church members who were neglecting their Bibles dusted them off simultaneously. <laughs> we have open access to the Bible. So, you know, I've been preaching about knowing Jesus today, knowing Jesus in 2020, knowing Jesus through prayer, knowing Jesus, you know, in, in various other ways. And today we're going to talk about knowing Jesus through the scriptures again. Now, some of you are probably thinking we talked about knowing Jesus in the scriptures uh, two weeks ago. And for that, I give you great extra credit for remembering. We did. We did. Two weeks ago, we talked about knowing Jesus through memorizing the Bible, meditating on the Bible. Today, we're going to talk about knowing Jesus through reading the Bible devotionally and through reading the Bible and doing Bible study. Okay? Reading the Bible in a devotional way as well as actually studying the Bible. And by the way, I'm going to comment on this a number of times today. If you're not a reader, you don't like reading, maybe you struggle with reading, that's okay. Listen to the Bible. That's perfectly fine, and there are a lot of good ways to do that, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. But let me tell you, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating for pastors and church leaders because we, run a, we want to really lead people to grow spiritually, but we can't make them do it. You can't make them do it. It must be kind of like a doctor, you know. You want to take care of somebody. They come into your, in, your, in your office and you say, you got to lose weight, you got to eat better. But, you know, if that patient leaves and doesn't take your advice, it's perfectly fine because a doctor is going to get more money when they come back in, you know. We want, we want you, as a pastor, I want to see you grow spiritually. I want to. That's my heart. I really want to. I get energized when people contact me and talk to me about repenting of sin or growing spiritually or how to handle certain sins and how to defeat certain sins and how to, how to study God's word. And when people talk to me about, you know, prayer and things like that, that's energizing. But most of the church really doesn't care. Even at Bethel, I don't know. I mean, I hope you prove me wrong with this. Warren Wiersbe was a Bible scholar. He died, I believe, last year. And I heard him in a Dallas Theological Seminary chapel. And he said he pastored three churches. And in all three churches, no matter how he preached, no matter what he did, 20% really cared and 80% really didn't care. Someone remarked on a meme a few weeks ago that it takes something like 10,000 gallons of water to fill up a baptismal, but about 10 raindrops to make people stay away from church. What a contradiction. 
Today, my theme is knowing Jesus through the scriptures. And we're going to talk about studying the scripture devotionally, studying the scripture in an in-depth way, studying the scripture, not just memorizing and meditating on it, that too, but really getting into the word of God so you know the word of God. Someone once said, I think it was Spurgeon, let the word of God do the work of God. It might have been D.L. Moody. Get into the word of God. We are so spoiled with Bible translations that we have a plethora of them. Get into the Word of God. We are so spoiled with with Bible resources, commentaries, and other resources, and we don't take advantage of them. Get into the Word of God. And maybe the first step is repenting to the Lord, saying, I'm sorry, I have to acknowledge that I have neglected you. (laughs) There's a little booklet you could probably find it free online, My Heart, Christ's Home. And it, 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 it describes your heart and your life. I shared this a few weeks ago. I know I'm repeating myself. It describes your life like Christ's home. And it re- re- describes your life like a home. And Christ cleans up the bedroom. And he, Christ cleans up the living room. And Christ cleans up the kitchen. And Christ cleans up all the other rooms. Cleans up all the other rooms in the house. But then there's a closet. And most people say, uh, no, you're not touching that, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to deal with that when the time comes. Jesus wants to clean up your whole life. And then Jesus, it says at one point, Jesus is sitting in the living room. And we run down the stairs and out the door. And Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. You haven't met with me in a while. And you say, I've been busy. I'm sorry. I'll I'll meet with you tomorrow. And Jesus says, okay, I'm here waiting for you. You know, get into the word of God. Know Jesus through the scriptures. Know Jesus through the scriptures. The application today is make time for devotional reading and Bible study. Make time for devotional reading and go beyond that. Stretch your spiritual muscles. Make time for Bible study. You know, anybody who exercises and uh, can tell you, you got to stretch those muscles. You know, you start out exercising, and maybe you walk a half mile, and then maybe you walk a mile. If you keep walking a half mile, you're never going to grow in your exercise plan. In fact, your body will get used to those walks, and you won't even burn as many calories. So you won't be able to lose the weight that you want to lose or get in shape. You've got to stretch yourself, and we need to stretch ourselves spiritually. Let's read 2 Timothy 2.15 at this time. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. As a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Be diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman, or you could say woman, who does not need to be ashamed. Why? Because you can then accurately handle the word of truth. What is the word of truth? What do you think? The Bible. The Bible is the word of truth. Do we want to be able to accurately handle the word of truth? You know, these are the words to eternal life. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. This is the real Lord's prayer. In John 17, Jesus is praying and he's praying. It's his high priestly prayer. He's praying to the Father and he's praying for you and me. He's praying for us. And Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. And then he says, your word is truth. God's word is truth. I've commented before and will again. How did Jesus respond to the devil? Three times he responded with the scriptures, with the word of God. Many of us aren't really ready to respond to temptation because we're not really in the word of God. Look at this verse. Paul says, be diligent. The old King James Version translated this as study. The old KJV said, said, study to show thyself approved unto God. 
a workman who does not need to be shamed, accurately handling the word of truth. However, this really literally does mean be diligent. It doesn't literally mean be study. I like study better because I like to study. You might like be diligent better. Either way, it says be diligent. That's a, that's a better Greek rendering of the verse. Be diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. How many of us want to be able to present ourselves to God as approved unto God? How many of us want to know Jesus in a relationship? How many of you want a relationship with Jesus? Raise your hand. Do we want a relationship with Jesus? There, we're a hand-raising church now. You know, how many of us want a relationship with Jesus? We won't have a relationship with Jesus if we don't spend time with him. And that's what I've been trying to encourage you to do. Spend time with him. Spend time with him in his word. Be diligent. Be diligent. Work hard. Work hard in order to present yourself to God. We are presenting ourselves to God, and we are presenting ourselves to God as one who does not need to be ashamed. We don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to stand before God and say, I'm sorry, I didn't spend time with you my whole life because I was too busy. I mean, realistically, a lot of us might be more concerned with the Super Bowl tonight than our scripture reading tomorrow morning. Or with Kobe Bryant this past week than the time in the Word. How much does the Word of God mean to you? How much does our time in the Word mean to us? It's not just to heap on guilt. That's not my goal. My goal is to help you to grow. That you consider your life and you reflect on your life and you, and you, and, and you make your 2020 plan to spend time in God's Word and studying God's Word. Paul says here, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. This means that we are to live our lives as men and women of God. Men and women of God. We would, we would be ashamed of our sin, right? We would be ashamed of our sin. Our shame comes by standing in front of a holy God, but also by being seen by the world as hypocrites. Being seen by the world as hypocrites. But that is not the end. Paul says, correctly handles the word of truth. Correctly handles the word of truth. Paul is telling young Timothy and us, to work hard, be diligent, to live a holy life, and also to know the scriptures, to know the scriptures. Paul is about to die, and these are his final words. He died soon after writing this. He was beheaded in Rome for his faith and his mission work for Jesus. He was beheaded. And this is the last book, the last letter, the last epistle that Paul wrote before his death. And what are his last words? His last words are about the scriptures. He says this in 2 Timothy 2.15. Later on in the very next chapter, he says all scripture is God-breathed, which means it's inspired. And so it's useful for teaching, reproving, rebuking, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work. How are you thoroughly equipped? By knowing the scriptures, using the scriptures. And then in chapter 4, Paul's dying words continue. He tells Timothy to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove and rebuke and train with great patience and instruction. Then Paul goes on and tells Timothy the time will come when people will no longer put up with sound doctrine. Instead, Paul says, they will gather around teachers who tell them what their itching ears want to hear. But Paul tells Timothy, you keep your head in all situations. Paul tells Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Then Paul tells him that he's ready to die. The problem is, many of us really, 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 really want our churches to stay true to the scriptures. 
Many of us really, 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 really want our country to come back to the Ten Commandments. But many of us believe that, but we're really not in the Scriptures ourselves. And that's my challenge to you. That's my encouragement. Don't be that way this year. Get in the Word of God and let the Word of God transform your life. Paul says, in doing that, we can rightly, accurately handle the Word of Truth. When solving problems, how often, do you, how often do you consider the Bible's words? When you have something going on in your life, you know, maybe a big financial decision, do you turn to Proverbs? It says the borrower is slave to the lender. Do you turn to Proverbs about different things? Do you turn to the Word of God when you have a problem in your life? Do you pray the Word of God back to God? Or do you turn to some psychologist out there? Or maybe Dr. Oz, or I don't know, whatever else is on TV these days. What do you turn to when you've got to solve your problems? you turn to, you know, the, the 24-hour news? How, do you, how valuable is the Word of God to you? Now, I do agree. As an engineer, the Bible may not speak to your equation. I wouldn't know. I don't do math. But the Bible will speak to many of life's problems. The Bible has tons of wisdom. Even for the non-believer, the Bible has lots of wisdom about life. As a church, in our leadership meetings, we must consult and think about biblical wisdom. We must do this intentionally. And all of us must do it intentionally in our own lives. Going back to the Bible, back to the Word of God on a daily basis. We as Christians must get into the Scriptures. We must not compromise the Bible. We must live it. It is not enough to believe the Bible. We must live the Bible. We must study the Scriptures so that we correctly handle the word of truth as Paul said. Many of us want to feed on the word of God once a week. Sunday morning, that's it, you know. But you can't just eat once a week and expect to be healthy. You need the word of God in your life every day. So, listen, read, and study the scriptures. Listen, read, and study the scriptures. First, listen to the scriptures. Through most of human history, they listened to the Bible. Most of human history, they did not have open access to the Bible. And for most of human history, they weren't even literate. In the first century, to say somebody was literate did not mean that they could read and write. If we talk about literacy rates in the first century, it meant they could recognize road signs. They could recognize Bethlehem, 10 kilometers or miles or whatever usage they used, okay? That was most of human history. So they listened to the scriptures. There's nothing wrong with and everything good with listening to the Bible. If you struggle with reading or you hate reading, listen to the Bible. That's perfectly fine. In the first century, Paul would write Romans... As an example, Romans. And then he would send it with somebody who would take that letter to a church. And a lot of times, the person who took the letter to the church read the letter to the church. The whole church gathered and listened while the whole, while the whole letter to Romans was read at one sitting. They didn't just read one chapter. They read the whole letter. And actually, the letter of Romans was likely read by a woman. So they would read the scriptures and listen to the scriptures. Right now, you can listen to the Bible through a Bible app or a CD or other method. Now, you can listen to parts of the Bible through sermons. Any sermon should be based on the scriptures. You, you can listen to parts of the Bible through Bible studies. And there are tons and tons and tons of good resources online that you can do that with. 
Every day, or at least five days a week, I post chapters of Bible reading on our Facebook, on our website, and on our podcast, where I uh, read through a chapter of the Bible and also explain the text. It's five to ten minutes usually, so there's really no excuse for not getting into the Word of God. There are other access points. Uh, YouTube, look up Francis Chan. That'd be good teaching on YouTube. John Piper, Desiring God. You can go to Moody Radio, which is 103.3 or 90.1. You can go to oneplace.com. Oneplace.com is all full of uh, sermons, good sermons, good preachers. John MacArthur, David Jeremiah, Chuck Swindoll, Chip Ingram, and many, many other preachers. So you can listen to the Word of God taught through preaching throughout your week as well. Now, there are two ways to listen or read the scriptures, and this is instructive about how you can get into the Word of God more. One way is devotionally. One way is devotionally. And the second way is in-depth Bible study. In-depth Bible study. I strongly believe every Christian needs to be reading the Bible devotionally. Or listening to the Bible devotionally. A chapter a day keeps the pastor away, okay? It's like an apple a day keeps the doctor away, okay? Read or listen to the Bible devotionally. But I also, and most of you would probably agree with me on that one. But I also strongly believe every Christian needs to know how to study the Bible as well. Study the Bible as well. You know, in Hebrews, the writer said, you shouldn't need anybody to teach you. You should be on the meat of the word of God, not on the milk. Many of us are stuck on the milk for life because we never really learn to study the Bible for ourselves. Okay? So I want to encourage you, read or listen to the Bible devotionally. Start and end with prayer. Before you open your Bible, pray. Lord God, right now I'm about to open your word. Please teach me and please apply this passage to me. Pray before you read the Bible. And then when you end your Bible reading or listening, pray and pray the passage. Meditate and pray an application. Lord God, I just read about this. I pray that I could be like your servant, uh, your servants in Acts 5.41 who rejoiced that they were counted worthy to be, to, to be persecuted for your sake. Pray an application. Make an application of the word of God. Because when you apply the Bible, you're letting it go through you. Make sure you reflect on what you read or listened to. And then the second thing is to do in-depth Bible study. Again, if you struggle with reading, try just listening to deep sermons or deep Bible studies. And you can get in-depth Bible study through Sunday school as well, or through midweek Bible study. But I encourage and challenge you to learn to study the Bible on your own. You need it. We need it every day, don't we? In this world we live in, we need the Word of God every day in our lives. You know, the Christian life is kind of like exercise in this way. We get out of it what we put into it. If we want a deep relationship with God, you've got to invest in a deep relationship with God. So how often do we need to spend time in God's Word? Donald Whitney shares this in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He writes this. He says, how often should we read the Bible? He says, British preacher John Blanchard in his book, How to Enjoy Your Bible, writes this. He writes, Surely, we only have to be realistic and honest with ourselves to know how regularly, regularly we need to turn to the Bible. How often do we face problems, temptation, and pressure? Every day. Then how often do we need instruction, guidance, and greater encouragement? Every day. To catch all these felt needs up into an even greater issue, how often do we need to see God's face, hear His voice, 
feel his touch, know his power. The answer to all these questions is the same every day. As American evangelist D.L. Moody put it, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain life for a week. I mean, imagine that. I'm just going to take enough air for the whole week right now. I'm not going to breathe the rest of the week. It doesn't work. And the Bible doesn't work that way either. We need it every day. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. Donald Whitney continues. He says, Jesus often asked questions about people's understanding of the scriptures. Jesus would begin with the words, have you not read? Jesus assumed that those claiming to be the people of God would have read the word of God. When Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God, in Matthew 4, 4, surely he intended, at the very least, for us to read every word of God. Here are three of the most practical suggestions for consistent success in Bible reading. Here's three very practical suggestions. Find the time. Discipline yourself to find the time. You might have to delete Facebook from your phone or, 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 or something like that or put limits. Find the time. Second, find a Bible reading plan. It, 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 it's no wonder, uh, he writes, it's no wonder that those who simply open the Bible at random each day soon drop the discipline. You can find Bible reading plans online. I would be glad to give you a copy. Just find a Bible reading plan. If you're not in one, I encourage you to read John chapter 1 today and chapter 2 tomorrow and just read right through John's gospel. Third, find at least one word, phrase, or verse to meditate on each time you read. Find at least one word, phrase, or verse to meditate on each time you read. Take at least one thing you've read and think deeply about it for a few moments. Your insight into Scripture will deepen, and you'll better understand how it applies to your life. Apply it to your life. Now, how do you study the Bible? I'm going to give you some steps to studying the Bible here in just a moment. But, but let's think about what's the difference between devotional reading and Bible study. Devotional reading and Bible study. Uh, Donald Whitney writes this. If reading the Bible can be compared to cruising the width of a clear, sparkling lake in a motorboat, Studying the Bible is like slowly crossing that same lake in a glass-bottom boat. Think of that. You can cruise a lake in a motorboat and just look around and, and view the sights, you know, and sounds and everything else. That's reading the Bible. But imagine now going over that same lake in a glass-bottom boat. The motorboat crossing provides an overview of the lake and a swift passing view of its depths. The glass-bottom boat of study, however, takes you beneath the surface of Scripture for an unhurried look of clarity and detail that's normally missed by those who simply read the text. But why do so many Christians neglect the study of God's Word? Why do we neglect the study? R.C. Sproul put it best, and this is painful. R.C. Sproul wrote, Here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail and our duty to study God's Word, not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. It is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem, our problem is that we are lazy. 
too lazy to study God's word. It is work. Acknowledge that and then make a plan to study God's word. All right, so let's think about studying the scriptures, learning the scriptures. First, you want, what you want to do is you read the scriptures. Read or listen to them devotionally. You can't study the scriptures when your Bible stays on the shelf. Listen, if you read 90 verses a day, you'll go through the whole Bible in one year. If you read two chapters a day of the Old Testament and two chapters of the New Testament, you will go through the whole Bible in one year. You could read a chapter of the Old Testament, a chapter of the New Testament every day, and go through the Bible in two years. I encourage you, if you do not have a modern translation, that will help you. Get a New International Version, a New American Standard Bible, an English Standard Version, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. A, a, a modern translation will help you. That means the Bible would be in a more contemporary format. You should also have a good study Bible. If you do not have a good study Bible, let me help you. The ESV study Bible is one of the best that I've seen. A good study Bible has charts and maps and notes underneath the Bible text to help you understand what's going on. Commentary on the text. Okay, so if you're going to really study the Bible, how do you do it? I'm glad you asked. Yeah, first, what you need to do is you need to read the chapter you're going to study. So say that you're going to study Mark chapter 1. Read that chapter. Read it two or three or four times. Aim to spend an hour studying that chapter of the Bible. So read it two or three or four times. Now, after you read it a couple or four times, divide it into paragraphs. Divide the chapter into paragraphs, okay? A lot of times, study Bibles do that for you. Give each paragraph a title. Give each paragraph a title. So Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through verse 8, is John the Baptist preaching repentance, and Jesus is baptized. I think that's about right. Okay? Divide it into paragraphs. Give each paragraph a title. Then take each paragraph and write it in your own words. When you write that paragraph in your own words, you have to think about it. What is that paragraph saying? Write it in your own words. Ask questions about the paragraph. What's it saying, you know? And then write it in your own words. Think about cross-references. Most study Bibles have cross-references in the margins. Scripture interprets Scripture. So get into those cross-references. A cross-reference is another verse that says something similar to that verse that you're looking at. Get into cross-reference. Meditate and pray for God's wisdom in applying the passage and understanding the passage. Pray at the beginning, pray at the end, pray all through the chapter that you're studying or the section you're studying. Maybe you don't want to study a whole chapter. Maybe you just want to study eight verses. I guarantee you, you could spend an hour studying eight verses of the Bible. Look up any words you do not understand in a dictionary. If you do not have a, have a Bible dictionary, get a Bible dictionary. Use a concordance. All these resources, I believe, are available at BibleGateway.com. Otherwise, I can get them to you. If you have questions about this, contact me. Obviously, I'm preaching to a whole congregation right now, so it's hard to really talk about studying the Bible in the nitty-gritty way. But I would love to give you a sample, uh, a sample study of Mark chapter 1 and stretch yourself, stretch your spiritual muscles, getting into an actual Bible study in knowing Jesus through knowing his word. The Bible is important. We need the Bible. One person writes, a Welsh pastor named Jeffrey Thomas uh, wrote a helpful booklet titled Reading the Bible. And this is what he writes. He says, Do not expect to master the Bible in a day, or a month, or a year. 
Rather, expect often, often to be puzzled by its contents. It is not all equally clear. Great men of God often feel like absolute novices when they read the word. The apostle Peter said that there were some things hard to understand in the epistles of Paul. 2 Peter 3.16 I'm glad he wrote those words because I have often felt the same thing. And maybe you, and you have too. I definitely have. I think that I thought I knew more of the Bible when I graduated from high school than I do now. I am realizing every single day how little I know. This pastor continues. So do not expect always to get an emotional charge or a feeling of quiet peace when you read the Bible. By the grace of God, you may expect that to be a frequent experience. But often you will get no emotional response at all. Let the word break over your heart and mind again and again as the years go by. And imperceptibly, there will come great changes in your attitude and outlook and conduct. You will probably be the last to recognize these. Often you will feel very, very small because increasingly the God of the Bible will become to you wonderfully great. I love that. As you read and study the Bible more, you will feel smaller because the God of the Bible will be greater to you. You will realize how awesome and great and glorious and magnificent God is. And you'll realize how amazing it is that he wants a relationship with you. He continues, this last sentence is powerful. He says, so go on reading. Go on reading it until you can read no longer. And then you will not need the Bible anymore. Because when your eyes close for the last time in death and never again read the word of God in scripture, you will open them to the word of God in the flesh. That same Jesus of the Bible, whom you have known for so long, standing before you to take you forever to his eternal home. I love that last sentence. Keep on reading the Bible until your eyes close for the last time in death and you open them to see the word of God in flesh to see Jesus right there. Don't get discouraged. I was talking to one of my Bible profs from college last August, and he told me he's 78 years old, he's been reading the Bible regularly since he was like 12, and God continues to show him new things. And I'm sure many of you could say the same thing. God continues to show you new things. God bless you. And so, two applications. Go home and get a Bible reading plan if you're not in one. Read or listen to a chapter a day. Aim for five to ten minutes in the Bible a day. And if you have not tried studying the Bible, actually studying the Bible, learn to actually do an hour of Bible study a week. An hour of an actual Bible study. Take a chapter of the Bible and spend an hour just studying that chapter. And seek me out. I would love to help you. Another way that we know Jesus is through time in his word. We know Jesus through prayer. We know Jesus through scripture meditation and memorization. We know Jesus through Bible study. Bible study. Don't take the word of God so lightly. It is powerful and active. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I pray that we will know you through Bible study. And Lord God, the first step is repenting and turning to you. Lord God, if anyone here is sitting here thinking they don't know you, they don't know you at all. They've never confessed and turned their life over to you. May today be the day where they confess they are a sinner in need of a Savior and believe in you as the only Savior, trust in you and commit to you. Lord God, if there's anyone here listening and they realize 
they haven't been living for you. Maybe they committed to you years ago, but they haven't been living for you. They've been violating many, th- many different things in your word. They haven't been spending time with you. They don't have a relationship with you. May today be the day where they turn course. They repent and turn back to you and follow you. Holy Spirit, we need your promptings. We need your conviction. It's not about what I preach. It's about what you are applying to people's lives. It's all about you, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Lord God, help us knowing you. Help us knowing you through the word of God. Help us knowing you through Bible study. Help us applying this sermon as we go home and taking the application and spending time in your word this week. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn number 29. Wonderful words of life that you're able to stand with us.